and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Welcome everyone, I am Karolina Tóth and this is the Level Up Engineering Podcast. I talk with accomplished tech leaders from all over the world every other week. And today it is my pleasure to introduce you to Alvaro Moya, all the way from Spain. And before we talk about today's topic, welcome and please tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, Carolina. Thanks for the introduction and, and nice to be here with this audience. Yeah, my name is Alvaro Moya. I have been CTO for nine years, but the last two only as interim CTO and advisor for other CTOs, mentor for other CTOs in my spare time because my full-time project is, is leader.co where I try to train other leaders to be successful in this management ladder that is often underrepresented in terms of training is not standardized as other disciplines like product, for example, and it's difficult for engineers given our common or usual lack of soft skills or visibility of what the role means and what are the expectations, trying them to grow from developers to really leaders in tech, from tech lead all the way up to CTOs. So you are here as founder of leader.co, but you also have experience apart from this role. Can you tell us a bit about that? Exactly. Yeah. So in order to make the long story short, I normally name my career like from zero to unicorn because I have been nine years as a CTO, but I have not been nine or 15 years before as a developer. I wanted to lead. I knew that was my my mission. That was my ambition and my goal. And I knew where I could perform best was that area. And at the very beginning of my career, after four years as a software developer, I didn't find the opportunity in my current company after the promises, so I decided to leave. I had the opportunity to, to fund my first tech startup and co-found my first tech startup, which is my other passion, entrepreneurship. So I just left the company. I had some savings to, to really survive for some time. And I started building my own CTO chair when I was the CTO of one. So my career is not a typical, maybe more typical CTO career where you have been growing as software engineer, then engineering manager, director, and then finally maybe CTO in a smaller company or something like that. But starting as a CTO of one, CTO of no one, just me. And then when I was growing into the role and the companies uh, were growing and succeeding, the team was being built below me. So I have been a CTO of one or two, three, 10, all the way up to 60, 70 people, remote environments, unicorns like Revolut here in Europe. So that's why I call the long story short, like from zero to unicorn, because I have been CTO from zero to literally unicorn. And I have been in all the different startup and scale up stages all the way to unicorn. So I have been facing the different challenges every single stage has for a leader in tech, a CTO, engineering manager, etc. Right. Thank you so much. And without further ado, I think this goes hand in hand with today's topic. Because today we are going to talk about how to build high-performance tech teams. I think you have quite the experience in that. First of all, I'd like to get our definition straight. Please define for us what you mean by a high-performance tech team. I think I cannot give a proper definition. I I think everyone knows what high-performance means at the end. For me, it's about getting the most out of the possibilities. So high performance for a junior doesn't mean the same than for a senior developer or for an engineering manager, the role impact. So at the end for me, high performance is the most performance you can get out of someone. And here I see just two areas, the person and the team, the collaboration. So both of them can be high performing. The individual as a person, you can be a rock star, but as in football teams as well, you need also high performing team which means that not everyone should be or needs to be as good as you in your area, is that they are up to the 100% uh, performance. I can tell you which areas I see that impacts more on that, but also the environment plays a critical role, right? And that's where the manager comes in. 
the role is not just to hire the best people or the people with the best potential to, to keep growing, but also to facilitate that environment that allows them to thrive. This is kind of my definition of high performance, a mm -hmm. great environment for them to thrive and then people capable and motivated to go to the highest level of performance by themselves. That sounds all nice and well. And I think I very much agree with you that we need to create an environment for all engineers to do the best job they can. But if I were to ask you to give us some metrics as to how we can measure high performance, what would be some of the tools or metrics you would recommend us to, to look at? Yeah. Well, here, here there, is a, there is a thing. I have been in many different teams, many different industries and many different sizes. So I have seen which are the expected performance in each of them and how you can get it. And at the end, I think we are too focused and it's, a, I think, a narrow focus and it's my experience and my opinion on the delivery, like the output, if you are a bit more trained, the outcome of the tech team. At the end, you measure the performance through what you deliver and how this impact the business. The problem is that not always we are measuring the impact in the business. We are just measuring that we are delivering code in a repeatable pace. I think it's uh, it's estimated what is going to be delivered in the next sprint. It's everything is kind of calculated and you are improving quality, improving velocity. You can have things like CICD, but at the end of the day, if the tasks that the tech team is being assigned, the priorities are not the most impactful for the business, would you say that this is a high performing team just because they are delivering as hell, continuous delivery, microservices, everything is observable. They monitor all the errors. They have zero errors in production. It's a high performing team. Right. But then if in, in your example, if they don't deliver much to the business because their priorities are not straightened out, then they can work as much as they want, but they are not going to be valuable to the company. So how it works in tech is uh, you need to ensure that the output of the team is what the business needs. So they really deliver things that impact the business outcome. At the end, more business, more money. But in order to do that, I tend not only to focus on the technical operations, the software delivery lifecycle, the, the operative of the team but rather more of a holistic, a 360 degrees approach, which is where sometimes I disagree with other engineering leaders, but this is what we tend to explain. And this is our opinion. Again, it's, it's an opinion, but this is what we train at leader, which is don't just focus on the last performance and just involve a new tool in order to measure this, uh, for example, Dora metrics or, or this kind of delivery metrics or velocity metrics, but rather Try to prepare first the environment because here is where you can have the most impact as a leader. And it's not about building or buying a tool or mm -hmm. measuring the delivery in GitHub or Jira. It's all about creating that environment where other areas are touched, like trust, security, open communication, autonomy to take the goals without other uh, impact in other teams, whatever. So. That's what I would love to talk about today, to talk to the 95% of us that are not yet in a stage where they have a clear pipeline and delivery pipeline with all the technologies like continuous delivery, all the logs there to measure, but go a step down, a step below to understand how you can get the best out of your team individually and how they collaborate. So. That's why I don't focus so much on, on delivery or, or just tools to measure these kind of uh, things related to delivery, but rather measure and take action related to how you get the best out of the people. It almost sounds like we are we are touching around the, the area of motivation and, and making sure that the team in your hands can really feel secure to, to do what they do best, in which case this might be software development, or we hope it is. So if you're working with the with the team, or if you're working with the company to work with one of their teams, what is your definition of success as to creating a higher performing team? Do you have any kind of 
selling points when you are contacted by someone? Like what is going to be the result of this holistic approach? Yeah, on one side, I would say employee satisfaction mm -hmm. for me is first is, is the the like kind of EMPS is a is a valid metric you can use the same you use for customers you can use for internal customers which is your team members so with this I think you can barely estimate how they are in terms of uh, satisfaction with with what they are doing the how they are doing but then why they are doing and which is the outcome is the other part and in this in this case what I measure is finally the business outcome. At the end, in, in high-performing teams, what I, what I tend to have is clarity about which is the business goal, for example, for this quarter. How this business goal is deciphered, is kind of um, detailed and distilled to technical tasks. It's what allows them to really take action and start developing and start planning and start designing. But I want to see the direct impact in the business goal. I want everyone to be accountable against the business goal, not against the delivery pace, not against the velocity, the impact in the business. And that's why this way you make everyone aware that it's a holistic approach. It's not about just refining the way they go from planning a task to delivering them in production, but how this is going to impact. They, they think much farther. I'm sure we have listeners who are like, okay, Employee satisfaction is not something that I can use to create more money for my business. What would you say to them? I get this question asked a lot personally because I, I work as a coach. And so I agree with you that satisfied employees are more likely to bring out the best results than dissatisfied employees. And it's kind of the old school of leadership, you know, like we have to have the whip out and make sure that everyone knows whatever kind of measurements we're using. So just tell me if somebody is a little curious about creating a better atmosphere, creating a better results-based environment, what do you say to them? So if they need actionable advice to create that environment, I normally use a framework to, to have this holistic view always in mind, kind of a mental, a mental map. There is a space framework which talk about the areas that you can touch as engineering leader in order to improve that uh, overall results in terms of satisfaction of the employee and business outcome, right? So those uh, those uh, words, the uh, space uh, is spelled with satisfaction and well-being, performance, the activity they do, communication and collaboration, which is about that environment I was talking about, and efficiency and flow which is more mm -hmm. of individual performance, right? Individual eff efficiency. So if you have these five words in, in mind, you are, able to, you are able to ask yourself, how can I improve the communication and collaboration? Which things I can do for my environment to make it actionable. So for example, if you want more autonomy for the teams to be responsible end-to-end -end from design to the deployment and not depending on external teams, how can you improve communication? How can you improve documentation in order to make them take their own decisions and not relying on anyone else and their agendas in order to solve a problem, right? How can you train them to be more T-shaped and not just focus on one area? So, okay, they know how to, deliver, how to develop the software, but they are also involved in the planning stage. They also create their own tests and they also are in charge of the deployment. How you can make that, that deployment more efficient and more, more automatic so you gain time, then maybe here with the right tools, you can try to implement continuous integration, continuous delivery, you can use tools, ad hoc tools that are facilitating this process. So those are, for me, actionable things that you can do. You can discuss with the team, but you can ask them and you can co-create the next action items because it's five areas in this, in this framework. You cannot touch everything at once. I recommend you to, to start by uh, two or three, asking the people to, to say out loud which is the area that is worst right now, which is the area that is uh, underwater. Let's start by putting them in a, in, a, in a balanced level, all of them, and mm -hmm. then we can go for the one where we can thrive. If it's automation, let's go for efficiency or uh, performance. If it's about how we care about people and we want to get the best motivation out of them, let's go for satisfaction and well-being, for example, right? 
Mm -hmm. like focus on something and then think about, okay, what you can do? How can I improve my satisfaction and well-being? Well, awesome. many things you can do from virtual coffees to maybe you can measure, for example, burnout. There are tools like Jerbo to measure burnout. So individually, they can keep track of their well-being, but also you can keep track of the overall well-being of the team. So actionable things. Sometimes it's a tool, sometimes it's a process or routine or ritual that you can implement in your team. Sometimes it's just pure communication, more fluid or, or having more conversations with them on a private or group level. It's different layers of things which you can do from easier to more difficult and more time demanding. Right, right. right. For our listeners and for me, would you mind repeating the, the five areas that you just yes. mentioned so that we can kind of sure. internalize them? The word is space. And I would mm -hmm. say satisfaction, performance, activity, communication, efficiency. Awesome. These are the five areas. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. And now that we have gotten into it a little bit, I see that your holistic approach kind of mixes individual performance with the team performance since to me it sounds like there is no individual performing so well without the team having the ability to perform well together. I think your example about the sports team is very much on point about how if there is one person on a team, you can't even go to the championship because there are certain rules that you have to make sure that you adhere by. So in this space model, what are the things that are most useful when you think about the team performance? From my side, communication is the, is the key. The communication mm -hmm. and, and collaboration is the most important. This goes way deeper to, for example, clarity. Mm -hmm. Clarity on the roles. Having career ladders, for example, is one artifact that is critical for this clarity. Communication about the team is, is about the channels, it's about the frequency, it's about how async things could be and how you put the measures in order for those async things that can be async to happen asynchronously. It's also communication with other teams, removing this kind of tight responsibilities so you can act as a small cell that is isolated of the world as much as possible. So once you have clear business goals, you can make it technical goals, technical tasks, and then you can work on them. You could be potentially with your headphones, two weeks in a row from Bahamas, and that doesn't avoid you to deliver what is expected from you. That's the ideal world. There are many grays in the middle, but that's why I understand that communication is the first one critical topic that you can address in order to improve how you as a team perform. So clarity of everyone, and then making them communicating well and depending as less as possible from each other. So. In your framework, when we talk about communications, if you come into a, a team or if you come into work with the company, do you drive what areas are going to be under scrutiny or do you ask the team to drive what they think you should be working on with them? From my understanding of a high-performing team that requires trust and requires autonomy, are key ingredients for that, and that and where they feel accountable and responsible. So ownership, autonomy, trust are those key ingredients. I try them to be the ones that are saying what matters for them. So when they define by themselves high performance, I can I can facilitate this session, I can guide this session to understand these five areas so they have a clear picture, but then they should choose which are the one that they understand is lower in order to work on that. And then the real actions, I prefer to brainstorm, even if I have my own ideas, what I have got from all the trainings where we do this brainstorming first before explaining which are the areas or what does it mean and which are the key actions, is that from this collective knowledge, you get what you would do. Because normally it's about common sense plus their own previous experience plus what they read from the industry as best practices, either blogs or YouTube videos or books. With the collective knowledge of just five people, this small team that a tech lead could, could have at the beginning, is more than enough to have plenty of ideas to start taking action. 
And what's the magic here? They understand that it's coming from their minds. It's like, hey, my engineering manager is not so far from me. I have good ideas. Right. My co-workers have good ideas. And then when you say, okay, let's choose together which is the, the action that could have more impact, they are choosing from their own ideas. So you are incentivizing, you are fostering ownership because the idea they are taking, they are given. They are giving that idea. It's not the manager saying, I understand that we need to work on better communication and that's why I'm using this tool and you are going to be adapt adopting this tool from today on. What you receive an, as an employee is totally different. Mm -hmm. If you want to foster autonomy, ownership, and you want to feel trusted, someone telling you, you, you decide on what to work in order to improve all of us. You decide the action we are going to take and you are the owner and responsible for making making this happen, it's like you were there just facilitating the session. You were like a coach. You are not a, a manager, a boss in that sense of the word. You are just there facilitating them to find the ideas, facilitating them to be motivated to work towards that goal, and then taking action, taking action. So the difference you can have from one point of view, from one way of acting and the other is massive, is longer. But the effort pays off immensely because you are deploying in the team, you are creating this autonomy and trust, which means that in the next month, they will need you less. They will be able to ask this question themselves without you facilitating the session. So you are creating senior engineers. You are treating them like adults, creative adults with good ideas, not just thinking that you are the one that is there on the top of the pyramid because you know all. I love that. Thank you so much. I completely agree with you. And the word that like stro stroke me as you were speaking is enabling, like the kind of stance that you take on ownership and, and letting the team decide for themselves what they want to improve is just creating an environment where, where people feel that they can do better and they want to do better because they in that sense want to help the company and the common cause and so that brings me to my next question which is about the individuals and how you find them in my career i also hire a lot of engineers and i i talk to a lot of engineers with only a tiny bit of programming knowledge in c from college so i'm i'm definitely not a technology expert and I'm curious to know what are some of the characteristics that you look for in people when you're trying to find those that will most likely turn out to be high performers? In order to validate that autonomy, for example, I love to hire freelancers. People that have been freelance for a while that now are again willing to be employee. It's great because as a, as a freelance, you need to do it everything by yourself. You are a startup of one and you need to take care of your brand, your clients, talking to clients, your operations to be efficient. So with the same clients, you do less work and you can get more clients. It's about the best, the best practices to get better quality clients. So at the end, they need to be good communicators, not only in technical environments, which is a great quality for a tech team, not being so tech obsessed and, and, and so tech savvy and being able to talk about business. It's about that autonomy and that proactivity to look for their own clients, to look for solutions when they are struggling with a challenge because they are alone. They find them alone. So for me, a freelance kind of, it's a good set of qualities that I can find. But when it's not a freelance, I try to look for this entrepreneurial or a freelance spirit. Like mm -hmm. I can do it. I am the owner. I don't share responsibility, ambitious people. And for that, I try to looking for them to be asking these, these, these questions about opportunities in the company, how much autonomy they are going to have to decide, for example, which are the opportunities to learn. So I can see that they are really willing to, to, weigh, to go for the next level because it's something they like for themselves. No one asks them to grow. They are not just looking for a seat where they can fit. So it's comfortable. It's comfortable. I fit. I don't need to grow to do my job and to get 
my save money end of the month is about I want to grow because I want to grow because I know my limit is not here and it's much higher and I want to look for an environment where I can thrive. When they are asking for questions related to the environment and questions about the role where I can really feel that they want to really perform at their best and they want to see how we can enable that on top of their own ownership on being top performers is when I know I'm in front of someone that could be very, very valuable and that could 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 have the potential. This mm-hmm. can come from a junior in a more junior uh, approach in the, in the interview. But uh, once you have the eye and your ears trained interview after interview, you can see that diamond, that uh, brute diamond where you can polish, providing the right environment, enabling them to, to keep growing and surrounding them by good people that can help them grow and can help them feel safe and comfortable, but at the same time feeling challenged with all the opportunities they will have in your in your team. So I hope this, uh, this answers your question in terms of how I recognize this kind of a spark in their eyes and, and this, this passion when they are talking about what they will be doing with the company. Yes, definitely. To me, it translates to a lot of curiosity. I look for people who are, as you said, who are interested in whatever they are going to do. But I try to look for people who are interested not just in the technology, but in the impact that they might be able to make and curious about teams that they will be working in or curious about the technologies that they might not have had the chance to to get in touch with, but will be able to get in touch with because they start working with us. So to me, it's a really big keyword is curiosity and that I think goes in line with what you said about individual growth and opportunities. Yes, Um, exactly. Let's talk about having a team where maybe individual performance are not like rock stars, as we said before. But let's say you are called to a team or you get a team where perhaps the entire team can be more than the sum of its parts. How would you go about starting to create such an atmosphere? Let's start from the very beginning. For the 90% of us, again, sometimes there are more juniors than we would like to in the teams. Of course, if I can choose and I have the money and the and the freedom, for sure, I will get someone that has the experience already in the environment because I know I will get to my goal faster and they will bring more quality, more intelligence, like more maturity to the decisions, all of that. But the reality is that we don't have that budget all the time. So for the 90% of us that has these these juniors, for me, it's about making them those seniors, making them grow in terms of maturity and understanding how important is the environment, how less important is the right technology in front of the business. Business first, technology is an enabler for the business to make money. It's core for every single industry right now. For deep tech companies, Tech is the product, tech is the business, but the business has to make money. So I need them to think in business. And I can grow this perspective if I, if I uh, burst the bubble of tech, of the tech team, and expose them to the rest of the environment to let them in, interact with other departments, for example. Right. So it's about that. It's about growth opportunities, challenging them, putting them in areas where they are not comfortable, but comfortable enough to try and knowing that it's something achievable. They will take longer, they will take a hard effort, but they need to be challenged. It's not about being comfortable. And in order to create that environment, to foster that environment, I think it's about being clear about the boundaries. And this is going down to culture, which is normally overlooked by engineers. Like culture, what's that? It's abstract mission, vision, values. Okay, no, it's real. It's real. So what is that the team as an extension of the of the bigger company values at work and feel comfortable working with, right? Because if you define that and you define what you don't tolerate and you are the one that is the cultural inspector, the cultural inspector that is first celebrating and encouraging the behaviors you want to foster, but at the same time, being very strict with what you don't allow. So putting clear boundaries, you are going to make sure that the people understand that there is only 
that way to do things. If you allow other things, for example, mediocre results, you are not telling them that you expect them to be high performers, that they have to have the attention to details because the customer is going to be affected by that lack of attention. You allow mediocrity, then it's like, why am I going to give the extra mile if my coworker is not doing it, is getting paid the same or even more, and right. no one is getting punished here. So for me, saying no, clear for the team is as important or even, or even more than saying yes, being clear about what you want, but being even more clear about what you are not going to tolerate from chit chat right. to allow to to avoid problem in communication to the de extreme dependency, not not looking for the own solutions and always just raising the hand without even trying to find out by themselves. You are clear that you don't accept that. And what you are saying implicitly is like, I want autonomous people. I want clear communication and trust. Right. So this is for me what has worked the, the best in the past. I am in awe of how much we agree on things. To me, what came to me when you were talking about the challenge is just something that I just talked about in a, in a different podcast, that when you challenge people, you need to make sure that they believe that they can achieve whatever the goal might be. Because if they don't find it achievable for themselves, then chances are they are going to prove themselves right and not achieve the thing. So that comes to whoever the team manager or tech lead is to make sure that the goals are just high enough to challenge people, but are low enough for them to perceive the goals as achievable. And then when you were talking about communications and, and culture, you know, I thought it doesn't really matter in a sense what the goals and strategy and vision might be as long as the people feel that they are involved you know like one company will want to save the planet and the other company will say we want to give everybody a 20 percent raise and you know it's two very different set of values in a sense but as long as the people who are involved feel that they can be aligned with what the company stands for, then they're probably going to be high achievers. So awesome. when I see people in the interviews with strong values or asking for that values of the company and being very strict about that, I know that I'm in front of a potential talent for the team because they care about that. They are aware that this is important and uh, they understand how being aligned in these kind of values and pursuing the, the final mission of the company motivates them. And it's a source of motivation that the money cannot, cannot buy because this is intrinsic motivation. And actually what you have mentioned, part of this uh, motivational speech, uh, I got it from the Drive book. I think it's one of the best books for teams and relies on three things as areas of intrinsic motivation, mastery, autonomy, and purpose. Mastery, which is being the best yourself, is all about having these challenges that are in the middle of something achievable, but something challenging, right? So something out of their current capabilities. And, and in, the, in the book, they call it uh, Goldilocks challenges. So in order to create these challenges for the team, you need to be consciously doing that. And you need, first, to know who is who, what they are pursuing. They want challenges in design. They are looking to move now to architecture because they know enough about backend and they now go to start designing the systems, what they want, right? So the challenge is not only achievable or not, it's something they would like to push you. And on the other side, if you know, then you know the level, you have this constant communication with them or with their managers, you are able to know if this is good for them, this level, or you should be lower because of the latest issues or whatever it is. You know which are the levels. So when you launch the challenge, is right in the point. But the good thing is that you don't need to just master it and put it in the right level. The good thing is that if communication and trust is there, first they can even launch their own challenge and then you judge if this is ambitious enough and this is aligned with the company or not. But if you don't have enough trust or the people is uh, not so senior to decide on their own challenges, which is what we recommend when they are senior, they decide their own challenges. Even with that, 
you can discuss about, okay, what about this challenge? How, this is, uh, how does it sound to you? Do you think it's achievable or not? So it's not just that like they feeling like sinking from the very beginning, they go through it and at the end they lack, they, they, they lose motivation, even they quit the job because it was too much of a stress or anxiety. That's why communication matters. And that's why I encourage communication as the first thing to increase high performance teams because in tech, unfortunately, we are not great communicators. We have been focusing on sharpening other skills more related to technical. And at some point, instead of starting to balance with the other area of more soft skills, communication, and these kind of things, we keep improving, improving, improving. Oh, new technology. Improving, improving, improving. Oh, another technology that is not only that I need for the job, but also because it's, in, it's trendy, improving. So you have good, good, good to great technology skills, but then you have very bad soft skills. So at the end, for me, a good professional is someone more balanced that can rely some of the power, even if he's not the expert, some of the power can come from the others around. As you mentioned, I'm surrounded by the best to tell me what to do rather than a very, very good expert, this kind of rock star. Because for me, and you mentioned the sports team, there is not such as an MVP award. What we achieve, we achieve together. If we win, we win all. If we lose, we lose all. We just compete against ourselves, achieving the goals we have or not. That's the match. That's the tournament. There is mm -hmm. not going to be an MVP of the match or MVP of the, of the championship at the end of the day. So when you are clear about that, you are making sure that they understand that they don't need to be rock star. They reduce that anxiety. And that is not only about individual performance, it's that they all help co-creating, fostering, and improving that environment where they all can thrive, not only one. So it's a co-creation effort. It's not that only the manager has to be there. The manager, again, is enabling the team to want to have the will to create that environment for themselves. So being selfish, I want the best environment. Okay, if I have the chance to say how I want it, I'm going to be involved. Give that opportunity and then you can leverage much more power and you are unleashing another areas of the person that is not only being a better developer. Trying right. to find a better communication way and having this discussion with others can leverage creativity, curiosity, researching in, a, in an area that is out of tech, so understanding a bit more about how a company works and operates because they are not just a piece in the machinery. If they understand how this machinery works, you are enabling potential entrepreneurship, potential intrapreneurs in the, in the, in the company. So that's why I believe in this uh, empowerment, right? And that's why for mm -hmm. me, those topics are key and how they are connected together. Right. You were talking about tolerating diverse performance or not tolerating it rather and calling it out to people and individual capabilities, yet understanding the, the entire team. I think it should be harder to stay silent about something that bothers you than it should be to talk about it in any kind of team. I think... For me, what communications and like a trusting environment really comes down to is that the team, the individuals on the team should be so focused on creating the best kind of team dynamic that they couldn't just say, oh, we are just going to ignore that person who is not doing so well. And we are just not going to say a thing about them because it's easier for us to stay quiet and let the manager sort it out or, or let that person, you know, just be a drag to the team. There should be such psychological safety that people can say, you know, like XYZ, you haven't been performing the way we expect each other to perform. Can we help you in any way? Or is there something that we should know that's going on in your life? And and that kind of understanding of how each individual functions on the team, I think is something that is so soft that it's harder to grasp for engineers who are very focused on the technological knowledge of, of their profession. Yes. yes. And that's why uh, my mission is to raise this awareness because unfortunately, this still sounds so soft and impactless. And the reality is that <laughs> my experience has provided me with uh, valuable insights 
that says and proves that this is not only as impactful as more techie topics, much mm -hmm. more, 200% more, 300% more for sure. And it's actionable. You can do things for your environment. It's going to take time. We are we are used to immediate rewards. And, and it's hard for us to understand that our role as managers is pursuing the long-term rewards. Even if we are not here, we need to pursue these long-term rewards, long-term goals, starting the path. And even if someone is going to continue because we are not nailing it or, or, or we decide to go for another opportunity or whatever, we need to understand and be clear on our expectations as managers and leaders that the long-term goal is what matters. And when you are dealing with people instead of code, it's not just a commit. It's not as just that the code is traveling through the cable and then the customer can see the release in production. Changing a person takes a lot of time, a lot of effort from your side. Making that for one, two, three, four, five, ten, fifty people is even more difficult and requires all your capability as a manager. So make a conscious effort and allocate conscious time for doing that and starting small with quick wins, with a small action. But I, I think I have already delivered good examples of what things you can do as a manager, what is in your hand in order to enable this kind of environments that is not going to happen tomorrow. But being consistent day after day, being clear about what you want and what you don't want, they will get the message, they will contribute, they will behave as a team and not just as a group of rock stars. And they will help each other and they will feel in some space, in some area, I am not saying that like it's like that 100% of the time, but they will behave like family. In families, no matter what happens, you support. Even if you hate your brother, when something really hard happens, you are there. And that's the reality. Right. When, when you foster this environment where only team wins are allowed or are celebrated and there is not such an MVP, then you are making sure that when there is a problem and someone is struggling, the team is there to support. So they feel safe that it's not going to be a problem and they support because they don't want to feel like that alone. So they know right. that by supporting and in this environment, when they are struggling, they have other people, call it friends, call it just colleagues, but you know, these people on top of the personal relationship you have, no matter how deep, they are going to be there to support you because they want the whole team to thrive. Even being selfish for them, which is, I need my goal, given, given that my goal is the goal of the team, I need to jump in. I need to jump in because I know that if I don't help you, we are not going to get our goals. I am not going to get my goals. So thank you for saying that. And with that said, you have already touched a lot on the leader's role in creating a high performing tech team. So to me, what stuck with me from what you said is consistency, just like making sure that values that you have set for the team and the expectations that you have set for the team are the same across the weeks, across the days, across the comets. Two, making sure that boundaries are set, roles are clear, expectations are clear, and the team can count on you to, to say, you know, like this is unacceptable or that is acceptable. And then trust comes up in a lot of our conversation. It seems to me that the, the role of the manager or the leader in the team is to create this environment where people feel trusted and they also feel like they can trust each other, not just the leader, but their fellow team members. And in that sense, you know, you said the holistic approach to create a place where where you feel safe to do your best and, and not be judged by the others or or not be, you know, not not be an outsider. What else is there that a team manager or a tech lead should definitely do to create a high performing or is there anything else that you would add to create a high performing team? I think you have summarized some of the key topics pretty well. So thank you for doing that summary for the audience. I think there is plenty of topics. I think it's about taking action again, but I think we have touched barely. If, if you now reflect, you have summed up some of the topics. Now reflect if satisfaction and well-being has been touched, performance has been touched, the activity, what they are doing and they are not doing has been touched, communication and collaboration has been touched, and efficiency and flow has been touched. I think all of them has been touched with your summary. 
And if I have to talk about, I don't know, efficiency, time management is a big component. Time is the same for everyone. And I, seem, I think here, another way you can enable people to do, to do better, it's really think about putting boundaries and protecting the team to be in flow as much of the time, in this case, because developers flow is, is a, a key thing for them. It's a very creative work and they need long periods of time blocked. So think about how the operations of your team happens from Monday 8 a.m. to Friday 5 p.m. Because if they are not having enough blocks, you are losing a lot of the potential in terms of the amount of code and the quality of that code that they can deliver because they are not able to get into flow, to get concentrated. Maybe they have a lot of different tasks at the same time. So reducing the scope of work to reduce multitasking, blocking enough blocks of time for flow and grouping things like yeah, meetings or, or other kind of distractions so they can have these full chunks of, of uh, time for, for development can really foster a better performance in the team. And only that can be a big and important race in efficiency. So when they don't know how to manage this agenda or for yourself as a first-time manager, for example, you can teach the, the developers but also you can rely on others as first-time managers to understand how you can do this with a, an agenda that is more prone to meetings that where you should be allowed to be distracted at any point when someone uh, looks for help in your team. So even when this is real and is correct, you can do much more. So uh, here, time management, which is the most precious asset, and we cannot buy more of them, is one of the topics I want to recall as being a high-performing individual and then high-performing team. Thank you. We have touched on a lot of topics and I, I see that we are running out of time. So if you have prepared a story to tell us of a high-performing team, I would love to have you tell that to our audience, perhaps how a team can be turned into a high-performance team or if you have had an experience of working on such a team, I think that would be very valuable and maybe uplifting. Yeah. So uh, I think the the story where I had the, the best high-performing team and when I really reflect on all the things I was taking wrong in the past experiences was, I think, right now is four years ago. And I needed to create, as a CTO, the company was funded, the culture was very clear and was very strong, and I loved it. That's why I joined. But there, there were no tech team. So they mm -hmm. were relying on an outsourced company to create the product. And I needed to create the team from scratch to replicate and create the product from scratch in-house to have all the IP and all our good practices uh, from scratch after the company with this outsourced product, product has validated a lot of traction in the market, right? So it was a pressure because we needed to do it uh, very quick, but I was able to negotiate the budget for people to be in-house. One of the topics that I was recommended to do it outsourced and I reject that. And then I was able to ask for less people than they were initially expecting, but more senior people because I understood mm -hmm. how senior people helping me to save the culture from scratch was going to be much more useful and having the technological part delegated because I knew, given the, the timeline I had and the other things I, I needed to do, that I was going to be needed in other areas. So this is how taking some smart decisions, you are able to create something that works later. And the reality is that one of the things they were doing in order to create these high-performing uh, teams, not individuals, was that the values of the company were part of the performance review. If ownership, that was one of the values, as well as autonomy, as well as innovation and continuous improvement, were values, we were setting, and my role as a CTO, were setting clear actions so we can evaluate at the end of the quarter that they were working towards the values of the company, which were, again, values related to high-performing teams. So this was one of the most powerful ways to create a team from scratch, not having a culture, not having nothing and only the values and saying a blank sheet for you. The technology we are going to do, you decide. The way you want to operate, you decide because this is a green field. I only going to tell you these are the values and these are all the things that either the company or me 
as the responsible of that uh, sub-organization, the tech team, is going to allow and not allow. With that, we were able to reach there. And when the first challenge came, which is a person not performing, we were very clear. And even uh, following did adage that says, hide slow, fire fast. So mm -hmm. when we were seeing the challenges, not being able to admit that performance and sending the wrong message to the team that low performance is allowed. So mm -hmm. low in, uh, uh, hiding, hiding slow, this kind of senior architect profiles that wanted to grow later as a leaders, but then fighting fast when they were doing something that was against the values of the company, against the expected behavior. So these are my I story and what I learned from that. I love that. Thank you so much. What a great story to end our conversation on. Okay, we are completely out of time. I thank you for joining us. We have touched on so many aspects of high-performing teams and high-performing individuals. I think our listeners can definitely take some actionable advice away from our conversation today. So, dearest listeners and watchers, if you are implementing some of the things that Alvaro has shared with us, then please tweet or send us a whatever social media message and uh, we will be happy to discuss further. But now I would like to ask you to tell our listeners where they can follow you or follow your work so they can keep in touch after listening to this conversation. Yeah, so as I have said before, I'm not a CTO anymore. I'm, I'm training others to really be able to get this right in their, own, in their own teams. This is the way I found I could multiply my impact the most. The website is uh, leader.co, L-I-D-R.co. So yeah, for the ones that are seeing the video, it's here as well. What we do there is, is trainings, basically, and, and a e-learning platform for, for you to really learn on demand. And uh, what you can find from ourselves on top of this kind of podcast, we have a lot of free content in both our newsletter, news.leader.co, with weekly insights, but also in my LinkedIn, I am LinkedIn Top Boys 2022, and I am sharing a lot of free stuff, free content about these topics of high-performing teams and all the other areas of leadership that we understand from leader that are the key to manage teams uh, successfully in tech environments. So whatever you want, I will be there. I would be happy to connect personally with any of you that are approaching me or connecting, and I will make sure that you have an answer from my side. So let's keep in touch. I love that. Thank you so much. Dear listeners and watchers, today my guest was Alvaro Moya, founder of Leader.co, and we talked about creating high-performing teams. I really enjoyed this conversation. I am Carolina Tot, and I hope to see you next time on the Level Up Engineering Podcast. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time.